Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson together again at the First Bank Studios. Actually, socially distancing. He's at the First Bank Studio in Laurel. I'm at the studio in Hattiesburg. And other than that, the studios are ghost towns. Are they not, Luke Johnson? They are, just me and the friendly Mike and the brick streets of downtown Laurel. That's right. Me and the empty parking lot here in front of Super Talk in Hattiesburg, short of a few people uh, making their way in and out of Corner Market Food Store. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of this show and, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. And they're open at some this weekend through the drive through Absolutely delicious. You can do the same thing. You can call in your order. I'll have it ready for you when you drive through. You can, of course, go there and drive through, and you can have it delivered to your house as well. So don't let the virus stop you from enjoying good Dickie's Barbecue. We had it this weekend. Could not have been better. Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Uh, you can go to dickies.com. You can uh, look them up on Facebook, get their contact information, call your order in, and they'll have you set up. All right. A little later in the show, Brian McClellan is a former baseball and football player at Southern Miss and the owner of two Hattiesburg restaurants. We're going to talk to him about his times at Southern Miss and, of course, how all of this uh, craziness is affecting the restaurant business, which, of course, it's affecting it very, very uh, badly. But first, Jerry DeFada is the director of the Alumni Association at Southern Miss, and we brought him on the show today to talk about how all of this may be changing the way we all look at universities and colleges and uh, going to college and being a member of the alumni and we welcome Jerry DeFada to the Eagle Hour. Jerry, hope you're well and your family's good, and we thank you for coming on the show. I'm good, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, quiet days, odd days. Uh, uh, Jerry, h- how do they affect your business? How do these days affect your business? Well, right now I'm sitting, kind of like you guys were talking about, in a in a pretty empty Ogletree house on the campus of Southern Mississippi in Hattiesburg. And, you know, from, from the alumni perspective, this has changed really everything. Uh, you know, we had about 30 events planned throughout the spring where we would bring alumni together and give them a chance to interact and serve on behalf of the university. And obviously, due to social distancing guidelines, we um, canceled all those things. Uh, in addition, we have a lot of programming that's geared towards students. And with them transitioning to the online delivery of their coursework, students are on campus. And so we're, we're not able to do a lot of that programming. So, we as a staff have spent a lot, a lot of time over the last couple of weeks, obviously transitioning to the remote work environment, which is new to all of us. Um, we're all learning how to use Zoom and, and Teams and things like that where we can still communicate. Um, but we're really trying to find ways to communicate digitally with our alumni in ways that are meaningful and ways that provide them with resources uh, that can help you know their families get through these difficult times and just trying to find ways to be there and be supportive of our alumni when they're facing pretty drastic changes to the way of life that we've become so accustomed to. You know, Jerry, Luke and I were talking before we went on the air about how many how many kids are going to start uh, or are already going to school basically online. 
and uh, how this may this may really change things moving forward in the university system is is a lot of people see how easy perhaps it is to study online how maybe more cost affordable it is from your position you look forward and i realize we're just sort of getting into this situation we're all in but how what kind of changes do you see long term uh this uh pandemic uh having on the university system as a whole well i think this is going to have an impact on really every aspect of our lives not just the university system but from a university's perspective in general you know i took my first online class as a senior in college and had, this was a long time ago uh 20 years ago but you know i really enjoyed that environment because you didn't have to worry about that concern of being in a situation where you didn't know the answer and, and getting asked for for an answer when you didn't really have it so you know, we have a lot of students now that, that attend campus, uh, come to campus, live on campus, and take the majority of their classes online. So I think that's going to continue to be, uh, you know, something that continues to increase. I think one thing this is going to do, it's going to force students who haven't maybe had the opportunity to take an online class, it's going to force them to take an online class and see, you know, how that class delivery fits into their schedule a little better, allow them to do some things, you know, outside of, of the class that they may not have had the opportunity to do. So I think that's going to be a benefit, and then I think it's going to give them the opportunity to really understand how to incorporate more technology into whatever field they're in. You know, if you're taking a you know a history class, history classes typically aren't some of the primary classes you take online, but now you're kind of being forced to take a history class online. So it's going to help students have those opportunities. It also gives our faculty and our staff an opportunity to learn how to employ new opportunities for digital communications into the classroom setting. And I think that's really going to be beneficial for us all long term because the more we can utilize current technology, the, the better education we're going to be providing our students. All right. Luke, Jerry DeFato. Jerry, um, we just want to, to educate people out there that are even 18 to 20-year-olds, maybe people going back for a second degree. The same process is right now for admission, the, the way to be able to contact. How is all that working for the summer and the fall right now? So they're in the process now. We typically have a two-day orientation session for our new income students. So now they are transitioning out to a one-day Session. I mean, obviously, that's all dependent on social distancing guidelines being relieved a little bit as we get into the summer. Those classes will be, um, they'll set certain size restrictions to make sure we're not having too many people in those, given what those guidelines are. The admissions department on campus, which is um, just the Office of Admissions, is responsible for bringing in new students. They've done a pretty incredible job in a short period of time of trying to create ways for people to do things digitally that in the past you would come to campus for. You know, for example, you, you know, one of the big things to do was to come to campus and get your official college day and go on your tour. Well, now they're working to have Southern Style members create virtual tours so you can have, you know, the opportunity to sit at your home and the comfort of, you know, your own space and really see what's going on campus. And then just the opportunity to do online chats. They had a, a Zoom session this morning where they had a couple of recruitment coordinators online giving students an opportunity to ask them questions in kind of a group setting, which is pretty familiar with what happens when you come to campus for a tour. And so the Office of Admissions has done a great job of trying to adapt and, and to, to still try to recruit the students that were planning to come to Southern Miss. Um, the feedback we've gotten early is that the students that had said they were coming here are still planning to come. So we're still expecting to have a good class this fall and just excited to see the way that they're, they've been able to incorporate some new opportunities to, to recruit students digitally to the platform we've had in the past. But their office is, um, is still still operating. You can reach the campus at 266 and they can connect you to the admissions office for somebody standing by to answer the phones and help you get here. 
We're talking about all this because of COVID-19, but let's be honest. We're talking about all this because on this day, a hundred and, uh, what, 10 years ago? No, yeah, 110 years ago. It's Founders Day, Jerry. So how are you spending your Founders Day? Well, like I said, I'm, I'm sitting in an empty Ogletree house, which is not something that I was thinking about this before you guys called. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've sat in, I'm kind of sitting in the parlor downstairs, the main entryway. Uh, I don't know how many times I've sat in here with it as quiet as it is today, and you certainly um, don't expect that on Founders Day. But, you know, we wanted to, to celebrate a little bit. We wanted to at least have some time to reminisce and, and think back. And when I think about Southern Miss, you know, I think about from the very beginning the, the challenges this institution faced. You know, Southern Miss was founded when the Speaker of the House slipped out to the cloakroom to smoke his afternoon cigar, and the, the person he gave the gavel to called up the bill, and, and Mississippi Normal College was founded with no funding. And so from the very beginning, we, we faced challenges. And so uh, from there to World War One, where all of our male students were um, drafted into the military, to the Great Depression, where faculty were, were furloughed and continued to work for six months without pay, all the way through you know, the Hurricane Katrina and through the February tornado of 2013. Um, so this is no different. We're no strangers to, to challenges. We're, no, um, we're, not, we're not afraid when we're faced with a challenge. We're not scared of what's in front of us. Uh, we're going to be a better institution on the other side of this, just like we are from every single challenge we faced in the past. And this will be no different. Uh, Southern Miss people are resilient. Um, there's 110 years of stories where people have overcome significant challenges to be successful, and uh, this will be no different. So we're excited about the opportunity to overcome this challenge, and where it will position us for the future. All right, Jerry, we want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, you know, hopefully the Ogletree House will be bustling again here very soon, like we're hoping the radio stations and everything else are. In, in the meantime, though, we do appreciate your time and uh, wish uh, nothing but uh, good times and safety for you and your family. Thanks, guys. You too. I appreciate it very much. All right. Jerry DeFada, everybody. He is the director of the Southern Miss Alumni Association. And I guess you could still join the Alumni Association if you chose to do so. And, of course, uh, their work will resume just as soon as we get through with this virus. All right. When we come back, Brian McClellan played both baseball and football at Southern Miss. He's got some stories to tell about that. Also, he's on the front row Uh, of the restaurant battle with the coronavirus and what restaurant owners are trying to do to keep their employees paid and keep their businesses alive. We're going to talk to Brian McClellan on the Eagle Hour when we come back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour, everybody. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. I want to thank Jerry DeFada 
alumni director at Southern Miss, for joining us in the first segment. This part of the show is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Great selection of Southern Miss apparel, household items, car accessories, anything you need uh, for your Southern Miss collection. You can stop by their store. They're still open on Hardy Street across from the Southern Miss campus. Or if you prefer to shop online, as many people are doing these days, you just go to CampusBookmart.net, order your stuff, they'll deliver it right to your house. Our next guest is a friend of the Eagle Hour as well, former baseball and football player at Southern Miss, and now the owner of two fine restaurants in Hattiesburg, Sully's and Brewski's. Brian McClellan joins the Eagle Hour. Brian, how are you, man? I'm doing good, man. We're hanging in there. How y'all doing? Well, we're good, and we appreciate you uh, taking the time uh, to talk to us. Uh, we want to try to bring uh, all of you guys on our show to uh, let our listeners around the state and certainly around uh, our area here in South Mississippi that that you guys are you guys are open for business. I, you know, I just feel so bad for all of you right now. But uh, tell us what uh, tell us what Sully's is doing uh, and how people can still enjoy your your food. Yeah, man. Right now, you know, we're 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 abiding by the, all the recommendations, so we're not having anybody dining in. So we are doing, you know, for our takeouts, we're, uh, we're doing the curbside delivery. So if you call ahead, want to come pick it up at our store, we'll bring it out to your vehicle. Um, and we're also doing uh, delivery. We're doing home deliveries within a 15 mile radius of each location. And um, another thing that's gotten to get pretty popular around town is these pop ups we're doing, and they seem to be going pretty well. We're still working out some kinks. Um, in terms of, you know, like neighborhoods are kind of organizing something and reaching out to us and other other restaurants, and we organize it to where people call in their order, say, by 3 o'clock that day, and then we deliver it to a, a one location for everybody at 530. Hmm. And so we've done that kind of around uh, Bellgrass and Summerall and some stuff out in Petal and Hervis and, you know, just a little bit places that are a little bit further away from our location. And uh, so well, if, well, if, if somebody's interested in that, you know, they could call a restaurant and we could we could work on setting that up. Sure. If there's a neighborhood or something. Are you finding, Brian, that people are, are quickly adapting to how they can uh, still enjoy food from their favorite restaurants in this very odd time we're all living in? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, right now uh, there's just a whole lot of uncertainty with everyone, you know, in terms of people. I, 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 I'm sure people are kind of holding on to their money a little tighter than they would because just, just not knowing because, I mean, a lot of people are out of work and, and like even with, with Sully's, we're open, but we're by nowhere the business is nothing like it, it was when we were before mm-hmm. all this stuff happened. Because I mean, we're thought of as a dining place, but I mean, a lot of our customers and regulars, as far as we're concerned, do seem to be very appreciative and extremely excited that we're doing these kind of things because right. they're still able to to enjoy the things that we offer. And I know some of my other friends in the restaurant world that are still open. They, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, you know, everybody's numbers are way down, but they're still getting some support. And and our goal is is honestly to just kind of keep our employees and our staff working and motivated and, and at the same time, uh, you know, keep just keep keep our lights on and we want to be here when this is all done, you know. Sure. Uh, you may or may not want to comment on this, but I'm, I'm just interested in your thought. I, I was riding around late yesterday afternoon and just sort of observing things, and I just it just struck me, again, as being so odd that all of our locally owned businesses like yours and many, many, many others in the community, they're shut down. But yet I see I see things like Academy Sports, Lowe's, Home Depot, Target. All of these places are open, and people are just going in and out of the stores. What's the difference? Well, you know, like even my music store, you know, over at CNN Music, we've gone to where we're not letting anybody in the store. You know, it's kind of appointment only, so to speak. 
and we're here till two, but we're doing curbside stuff, and then we're trying to we're even delivering, you know, and things like that if we need to, uh-huh. because we're considered a non-essential business. And and you know the restaurants, fortunately, they're 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 considering us to be in that essential business category, but they don't want people dining in. Um, and then as far as academy and things like that, I just imagine that you know. I don't know, man. It's kind of it's kind of odd. There's part of me that goes, you know, like to get this thing to just shut down and stop and, and to quit spreading like people want to. Why don't everybody just stay home? Right. I can completely understand that point of view. And then at the same time, I might be lying if I didn't tell you I was in Lowe's yesterday because I'm trying to get some projects done around the house with all my free time. <laughs> right. It's kind of right. like one of those deals where, you know, that's that's kind of it's that catch twenty. As far as the difference goes, everything that I've read, I mean, they put them in that essential category of. I mean, people, if they're at home, I mean, their toilet may need repairing or their bathroom may, you know what I'm saying? So I, I could assume that's why they're still open. You right. Know? I got you. But it's it's definitely one of those things when you're walking around and seeing masses of people and a parking lot full of stuff, it's, it does make you sit there and go, man, you know? <laughs> right, right. It's, part of it's not fair, but at the same part, you know, I don't, I don't, we don't want to put our, we're trying to do what we can to keep our employees uh, safe and then at the same time, sure. their family's safe, the ones that they're going home with. So the less people they're in touch with, I think the better it is. Sure. I think that's right. Uh, Luke, Brian McClellan. Hey, Brian, I'm, I'm in the same boat, bro. I'm a pastor, so I totally get uh, the frustration, man. You, uh, Yeah, you've got good food, and you want to be able to get it to a bunch of people. I got the word, good food. I want to get it to a bunch of people, and we're just kind of in the same boat right. in some ways. <laughs> I, I totally get it, brother. Hey, it's Founders Day, Southern Miss. Um, 110 years ago, we um, uh, this thing opened, and it has just exploded internationally. We're all part of uh, Southern Miss. And what is the university, especially in times like this, and and maybe as you've seen it with Sully's and, and other places, uh, what the university means to the city of Hattiesburg. Well, I think, I mean, I've always said, especially since I've been in business, um, you know, because years ago, a long time ago, when I first started business back in 99, with my music store, just to seem to be this, this tug of war between the city and the university, you know, in terms of like the city of Hattiesburg wanting to do one thing, but they didn't want to include the university and, and that kind of stuff. And I've always said, man, if you take the university out of Hattiesburg, I mean, you, you really we're not going to have a whole lot, just my personal opinion. I mean, we've got a great community, don't get me wrong. But uh, the, the university smack dab in the middle. And, man, it's my dream one day to have the rally around the university and the sports like they do at some of these other bigger schools. I mean, because I've lived here my whole life and grew up, you know, watching Reggie Collier play football. And I was a ball boy when the the big four was playing and whether spending all in went to the NIT. I mean, so I've, I've been a, it's been a huge part of my life and everybody that I know that's, that's in this town, it's the same kind of thing. So, I mean, I think the university is a really big deal, you know, to Hattiesburg. So you were a ball boy on, on, uh, during the time of the big four. Yeah, man with Derek Hamilton and, uh, Casey Fisher and John White and Gerardo Hinton. I mean, that's kind of funny because I'm actually friends with Gerardo and on Facebook and stuff. And, and, and Derek Hamilton kind of met up with him several years ago when I was doing a lot of all the booking and stuff at mug shots. And we did a couple of events together. And, but yeah, some of my, some of my fond memories, man, is wiping their sweat off the floor and handing them water. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and then I'm sure Casey had something to say did. about it too. Whenever that happened. <laughs> oh yeah, man. <laughs> Casey probably tell you to bottle that stuff and sell it. I know it. I'm telling you, man. And it's it was something else, you know. And 
I think I actually had one of Coach Turk's chairs hit me, you know, in my knee. I don't know how everybody's famous and stare up, get mad, just kick it backwards. <laughs> Did he ever throw his sport coat on top of you? You know, you oh, just no, love doing that. I the sports coat, but. <laughs> <laughs> the great MK Turk, no question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, you're a two sport guy, right? Baseball and football at Southern Miss. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Your favorite and sport had- was. Man, at that time, I, I loved football. I really did. And, mm-hmm. and I just I had aspirations of one day playing it big and had, a, had an unfortunate accident. You know, broke my back my, right before my sophomore year. And I'm not saying I would have ever, ever done big things, but I really felt like I, you know, had the opportunities for sure given to me, you know. Right, right. And, uh, and I, by the time I rehabbed and got back to full capabilities, they changed offensive coordinators. And it, was a, it was a whole other team. But, you know, at that, that level, I mean, things just – I had a whole other outlook on life when you have that kind of near death, near oh, death sure. experience. Of course. Well, look, w- one thing we want to, we have about a minute and a half left. Uh-huh. I just want to give everybody uh, in the restaurant business here the opportunity to tell Southern Miss listeners, not only throughout South Mississippi, but listen to this show wherever they're listening in the state, because we know they come here for athletic events and what have you, uh, and for other reasons. But what what can we do as a community to help you guys in the restaurant business right out this storm? Uh, you know, the, I think there's the, the big, the easiest thing is, you know, when you say support local, I mean, you know, even even the chain restaurants in town, is, I mean, they've got local people working. They've just got families at home as well. You know, and there, there's a lot of locally owned and operated from the ground up restaurants such as Sully's. Um, you know, and just support us. And at the same time, you know, we're working out kinks with this new business model that we're trying to figure out how to do that, that we never dreamed we'd be doing. We, like I said, we've had some serious hiccups, and we've, we've had some customers get pretty upset with us. And, and at the same time, we've had a lot of people just being really understanding of the fact and just appreciating we're giving it the effort. And, and my, my only thing I would, I would beg of people to do is just continue to support the restaurants. And, you know, when you can, and, and eat out, and at the same time, be understanding if things aren't the same as they were if you're sitting down and the meal is handed to you right then. Because at Sully's, for instance, we cook everything to order. So, I mean, we're used to, and that's kind of one thing about our, our business model in the kitchen you know, we're pumping out 50 orders for a drop-off that's 35 minutes away. I mean, we're just kind of – it's something we're having to learn how to do better, you know. Right, right. Than what we're used to. So I think patience is a key word. At the same time, just support local. I mean, I can't say that enough about every business in town to support local, you know. Right. No. Good stuff. Well, Brian, you've always supported our show. We're going to support you, man, and uh, encourage all of our listeners to buy some takeout from Sully's. And, uh, yep. and if there's any businesses open, man, we can deliver to businesses. I mean, we do catering and everything. So we're trying to keep that, that thing in place because, I mean, that's actually what we're allowed to do. And, and we feel safe doing it. I mean, we, we glove up and we're sanitizing everything more than we ever have. I mean, it's not to say we're not clean all the time, but, you know, right now it's right. like extra. So. All right, Brian. Uh, thank you, man. Best of luck to you. And thanks for your time this afternoon. Thanks, fellas. All right. Brian McClellan, everybody from Sully's and Brewski's. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Monday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Pull up to the curb, order your favorite food, and they'll bring it out to you. Um, a lot of these places that we have, uh, that we love and support, just like Brian with Sully's uh, the previous segment, 
let's uh, let's support local. Let's reach out and, and help our friends. They've been there for us. Let's be there for them. Fourth Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the third segment of the Eagle Hour. Kelly John Center back in the Magnolia State, fresh off his world tour in the John Madden bus. Kelly, how's it feel to be back? Oh, man, I'm telling you. Um, but I'm going to be just as bored here as I was there, so I might as well just be here, right? So you were bored in uh, in in the the Rockies, Mammoth Cave, mm-hmm. Woodall Mountain of of all places, Hot Springs. Um, yeah, lobster fishing, or uh, you were lobstering in, in Maine. You got yeah, bored. Kind of cool. That was kind of cool. But no, no, good, good to wow. be home. Though we're all in this together, and and uh, looks like we're going to be in it for a little bit longer than we'd hoped. But Bob said your travel check is in the mail. Yeah, be looking for it, Kelly. Yeah, but it I've could been, be a little been, late, Kelly. You know, things are kind of slow right now. Yeah, so. I've been looking for checks for a long. <laughs> <laughs> it's the virus. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, well, Kelly, it's Founders Day, and uh, we wanted to take our, our listening audience through uh, really the evolution of the Southern Miss mascot. Um, you probably know because you know randomly all mascots. I think last week you enlightened oh, us on Ayuka's mascot. Yeah. Um, uh, any idea yeah. what the first mascot was for Southern Miss? Um, I know at one time they were the Yellow Jackets, and I think that was for before two that. Three. Okay, before that. Um, no, I, do, I don't know. Wow. For a short time, the earliest nickname was actually the Tigers, but they were also called uh, the Normalites until 1924 oh, the when yeah, the Normalites became... Normal. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 1924, right. the Normalites became the, the Yellow Jackets. After the Yellow Jackets, what were we? The Southerners. Yep. And then, but Southerners, for a brief period between 1940 and 1941, we were actually the Confederates. And then in 1941, that go over well to today, wouldn't it? Southerners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Kelly, I, I'm old enough to remember this. My wife and I were students at USM. Yeah, you you voted on the mascot when the team, when the huh? students voted on the on the on the current mascot. And I'm gonna test your trivia knowledge because you're as good as anybody I've ever known. What were the three mascots students got to vote on? Well, one of them obviously was the Golden Eagles. One of them was the existing one, which was the Southerners. And I think one of them was the Raiders. Amazing. You're just amazing, Santa. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, man. I'm going to tell you what. You'll win a steak dinner when the restaurants open back up. Which one did you vote for, Bob? Actually, I voted for the Golden Eagles. We we both voted for the Golden Eagles. Yeah, we thought it was good. And I tell you what, I was a big, big fan of Aubrey Lucas because he was – he was the president of Delta State before he came uh, to Hattiesburg, so I knew him when he was the president up there. And when you look back, this was 1975, I think, or 76. When you look back, what foresight Dr. Lucas had, he knew, he knew something needed to change because he knew down the line that just you know that was not going to be kosher, and uh, I, I credit him with with avoiding all of those problems that. Some other schools avoided because of of, of mascots and names, and uh, yeah, it was the students. The students of USM were the people that selected the Golden Eagle as the mascot. And, and actually, when you look at the, the the mascot, when when USM was the Southerners, their their mascot was patterned after Nathan Bedford Forrest, right? Who Forrest County is named after. And right. uh, when you when you look at the history of Nathan Bedford Forrest. He was a tough son of a gun, but there are a lot of people that thought he was kind of a scoundrel too. Mm-hmm. You know, so right. 
maybe, and part of leadership, like you were talking about with Dr. Lucas, part of leadership is envisioning a problem before it gets to be a problem. Right. And dealing with it before it gets to be a problem. That's right. You know, so um, so the Nathan Bedford Forest and the, the old Southerner thing, but, um, you know, the, obviously there's a part of the population that would certainly embrace that. There's a uh, population that would not, but yeah, the safest the safest play is what what Dr. Lucas did. Mm-hmm. All right, let, so let's go back, guys. Let's let's talk about the history of things from from the foundation. Uh, let's talk about. Let's start with the, the the history of the football program. Fair to say, Kelly Sander, they had some big wins through the years. I understand that. And if you go back to the '60s, they won some you know small college national championships. Not taking anything away from all that always been a, tr- a rich tradition with football. But fair to say that Bobby Collins is the person that turned Southern Miss into a a nationally prominent football program? If not him, who? I think it was I, I think it would be him, yeah. Yeah, I think so I think so too. Yeah. And yeah. and actually, and actually he he probably put Southern Miss on the map more. This is going to sound terrible, but he probably put Southern Miss on the map more when he left. Mm-hmm. And because he was going to this prominent SMU program, yeah. you know, at the time. Well, who was Bobby Collins? Well, he was the coach at Southern Miss. Right. So, and at, at the time, SMU was one of the top three teams in the country. Oh, sure. Yeah. With Eric Dickerson and, you know, all the guys that, that, that played there. For sure. But, yeah, so he was going from USM to SMU. So Yeah, correct. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. It was heartbreaking. Man, I remember that. It it was heartbreaking when when he left because he had created uh, – you, you may, guys may know this – the Eagle Fever phenomenon, sure. the We sure. Believe phenomenon, and uh, we were just so lucky to have moved here and started school at that time, and to be caught up in that, I, I remember it as if it were yesterday. Very, very, very exciting. Well, I, I want to ask you, Bob, as a student that participated, you and, and Angela, that you said you voted for Golden Eagles. Right. Usually, the, the safest play is just to go with what you know, right. which would have been at the time Southerners. Do you remember why? You voted for uh, Golden Eagles? N- not, not, not specifically, other than that. You know, I, I do remember having a sense at the time, e- even back then, that it would probably be better you know, to, to, to change that. And, and, and I, as I recall, too, another thing that, that ran through my mind and I think the minds of some others is it was so similar, really, to the mascot that Ole Miss had. You know, because they had Colonel yeah. Rebel, and and basically right. we had a you know a Confederate type guy mascot, and uh, I, th- I think a lot of people probably did because they wanted some separation. You know, they wanted something unique for Southern Miss, and I I think that probably had a lot to do with it. So the rivalry with Ole Miss even goes back that far. Huh? No, the rivalry back in those days was <laughs> it was pretty ferocious. That's when they that's when they were playing in Jackson, and uh, and the Golden Eagles were skull dragging Ole Miss every year in Jackson, and. Uh, you know they got enough of that after a little while and uh, and backed off. They didn't they didn't want any more of that. In fact, I don't guess they've ever come back. Now that we think about it, have they? Not really. You know, you no. think back on those days too, when when the dorm for the football team was actually right underneath the stadium. Right. I mean, uh, right. Is, is now right. the west side. There used to be a dorm right back there as part of the stadium. And gosh, I'd love to see some old pictures. Yeah. And I'm sure the the live the McCain Library and. Some of the historians on campus and yeah. Miss probably have some. Of Two of the three years that we were students here, uh, they were building the football stadium. And it was our last year here that they opened the stadium. And Luke Johnson, here's some trivia for you. 
Who was the opening opponent of the new M.M. Roberts Stadium? Oh, I was ready for the opening opponent in Southern Miss history. The opening opponent for the Rock. I have no idea. It was Ole Miss. Oh, that was that was the last time I believe Ole Miss played here. They came down here and they were the first opponent that the Golden Eagles played in the new stadium, and they won the game. I mean, it was relatively close, but but they won the game. And but now, uh, Bob, when you say the new stadium, are you talking about the double? The, yeah, yeah, the, the expansion. Yes, exactly. When they expanded, okay. when they rebuilt and expanded the stadium, who was the first opponent? Period, Luke. The Hattiesburg Boy Scouts in 1912. <laughs> They're in Conference USA, we aren't won. They, Kelly, in the Eastern Division? Yeah. Actually, yeah. actually, Middle Tennessee has got them for homecoming next year. <laughs> we won 30 to nothing. The Normalites won the game. Beat the Boy Scouts. <laughs> oh, man. All right, and then, and then of actually, course, here's a, here's another random here's another random uh, trivia bit from that. The Boy Scouts were coached by Claude Bennett. Okay. Right. So he later became the president of Mississippi State Teacher College, Mississippi Normal College. Which is now Southern Miss, which is who Bennett yeah. Auditorium is named after. Is that right? Where does the yeah. normal thing come in? What exactly did that mean? That I don't know. But, yeah, it was – We were just normal, man. We, we weren't high-fluting. <laughs> We'd take anybody. You know, but you, but you talk blue collar. To, to, to some of the real old-timers now. You know, Bob and I are old-timers, but believe it or not, there are some even older than us. They'll, that it was that Southern Miss was the teachers' college, and they called right. it that. Right. You know, some some of the old folks that even saw when I went to teachers' college, which is what we know as you know Southern Miss today. So yeah. All right. Look, we're about to hit hit the break, but stay with us, Kelly. Let's talk some more about the, the history of the school. I think it's a fun thing uh, to talk about here on a Monday afternoon. So Kelly will rejoin Luke and I here at the First Bank Studios. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. He's back in town, rested, tanned, and ready to go. More Kelly Santer when we come back. Toyota Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day, located online at toyotahattiesburg.com. You can view their new pre-owned and certified inventory at any time, or you can go see them on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Toyota Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Kelly Sander on the phone with us. And Kelly, um, I was uh, viewing uh, some ESPN and Twitter earlier, and Sean Payton has opened up uh, literally the playbook uh, to the world. And I thought this was really interesting. 
He said that they use sandwich terms for tight splits. So they may call something a JJ, which is a Jimmy John's. They might call something a club. They might call something a stack. Or they occasionally use the word Quizno. Sean Payton on his uh, Twitter profile page. I think it's always cool whenever a head coach takes you inside like that. I had spaghetti three times last week for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what you just said. (laughs) <laughs> when you were talking about split spreads and all, well, no, it could be that you're a Bengals fan and there's no plays in their playbook, so that might be. No, somewhat. I just you you were talking technical, and I I, I don't. And, and you would think, because I get this question all the time for somebody that has called you know, football for for forty years, I I have no idea about how it how it works when they when they talk about a. A nickel package. I'm like Brett Farm. I don't know what that means. Brett knows it now, of course, but I still don't know what a nickel package is. I don't know what a dime package is. I don't know a a Mike from a Sam from a Will. I don't know any of that stuff. And people go, "Well, how can you call play by play when you don't know?" The-? I said, "I said I honestly think it's because I don't know that stuff that I keep it simple enough because that's all I know is I keep it simple enough so that the casual viewer." could understand it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does to me. And I see that some in NFL games. They get so tied up in the minutiae of everything that you, yes. you find yourself thinking, oh, just shut up and let them run another play. Yeah, what, yeah what is, so what does that mean? You know, what is, right. And why is, so I don't know. There is no right or wrong way. I just I think sometimes if you, if you know too much, you take for granted that your audience knows that. And 99% of the time, they don't. Right. Now, you know? safe to say, I guess, Luke, that Sean Payton's okay, right? I know he's got the virus, but if he's uh, doing that, I guess he's on the on the mend. I think he's still in quarantine, but he was uh, he was uh, when he announced to everybody that he was he was sick. He was kind of on the upswing, and it was mm-hmm. all positive. I guess I'm all all I'm saying is, I just think it's cool that a head coach drew his plays from his own NFL playbook and let the whole world see it to know it. You know, they were talking when Steve Spurrier back in the day, he said uh, when Steve Spurrier would call his plays, they said they had nouns, they had adjectives, they had verbs. It was almost like a running sentence the way that they that, that play call would come in. Well, it, it just tells you how smart you have to be, honestly, to play the game at that level because you, you labeled one of those plays Luke, that had about 20 different names in it. You yeah. know, How do you and, remember all that? My word. And and for, for You're talking about it, gun empty right Quizno fifty two all go special X shallow cross on yeah. two, yeah that's the one I'm talking about. So that's one play. Okay, so you you got to be pretty smart. And and remember that there's probably about two hundred of those, right, in the playbook. So for you to have to memorize all those and <clears throat> know what they mean, and and you take somebody like Tom Brady who's been in the same system for as long as he has to go to Tampa. And learn something all over again. Mm-hmm. So you're asking for a 42 year old guy to try to learn some new tricks. Something tells me he will, Kelly. Well, he probably if 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 he if he can't do it, nobody can. But I'm just saying right. it's it's, it's going to be tough. It's just going right. to be tough, right? You know, right. So and you know, on the high school scene, you guys, I want to give you an update. You know, April 17th, the schools are are out of session, of course, till April 30th. Um, and now with the, the president making the announcement about social distancing being extended to April 30th, 
uh, you would you would think that again the, the state baseball championships are usually the second week in May, yeah. so you sure would think. Although no official announcement has come from the state high school activities association, you would think that it's all about over. You know, for the academic for the academic well, I, year. I think that's a given. I don't know why they don't go ahead and just let everybody know. Well, I, I I do I do see the the importance of hope of keeping hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as, as time goes by, you would certainly think that they would they would follow suit. And we, we're all hoping. You know, I heard more comments from people saying that that they heard what we were talking about with Kirk Herbstreit saying that he didn't think that they'd even be a college or a pro season this year. Uh, and I'm glad, by the way, and I'm sure you guys probably touched upon this. I'm glad that the NFL is going ahead with the draft this year because it'll at least be something to watch. Right, new on on TV that's relevant. Correct, you know. Correct. Um, even if there's nobody there, I don't think anybody at home is going to care. It's the National Football League, and it has to do with the draft, and it will just get us out of the what is getting to be the humdrum. Right. All right, Luke, are you good with letting Kelly stay home for a week or so? Yeah, I hadn't booked any tickets for him, so he's got to stay there. All right, Kelly, why don't you just chill out for a few days? And look, you know, the your housekeeper, just tell her not to pay any attention to that stuff under your bed. And uh, and, and the steaks were delicious. Uh, Luke and I enjoyed them immensely. She's been with me a while. She knows where to go and where not. Okay, well, I'm, I'm relieved to hear that, actually. All right, we're glad you're back. Uh, we're glad you're tuning in every day at 1 o'clock, everybody. We're going to keep doing the show for you. Back tomorrow at 1, and until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.